0: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, it's Friday. Thanks for hopping on the podcast with us. It's Hebrews chapter 4 today. Mm -hmm. Lots to talk about. Um, Catch up a little bit. So we talked a little bit about how there's a warning in chapter 2 and how Jesus is fully man and fully God. And then chapter three, there's another warning. Uh, We talk about how Jesus is greater than Moses. And now, fun to be in chapter four, because as a church, we've been in this series that's all about uh, Sabbath, all about rest, and literally that's what's going on in chapter four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like this kind of language and the gift of rest. So, Clark, why don't you kick it off? What's it yeah, got to?
1: again, whenever there's a therefore to kick off the chapter, you got to say, what is the therefore therefore? And like Bobby said, because Jesus is God, because he's greater than Moses, because he's greater than angels, you yeah. pay close attention, hear this message of the gospel, and believe in faith. And receive the Sabbath rest that God wants you to experience. So if you have a Bible that has subtitles, you'll notice this chapter's got the title A Sabbath Rest Mm -hmm. for the People of God. And this is so awesome because this falls in line with our sermon series. Right. During Lent, we've talked about rest. We've talked about silence and solitude. And over the course of a month leading up to Easter, we're preaching on Sabbath. Yeah. Now, I want to just give a couple um, disclaimers before we dive into this chapter. One point of debate, and it's not like it's an angry, volatile debate, but it's just theologians and pastors are kicking around, is what role does the Sabbath rest play in the New Testament? Because in the Old Testament, it's very clear. God put it in creation, and then sin came in, and he put it in the Ten Commandments. Okay. So in the New Testament, there, the people are wrestling with this idea of, well, sure. is it commanded in the New Testament? Because it doesn't seem like it's commanded. It seems like in the New Testament, there's a Sabbath day that's kept but it's pointing forward towards eternity and how Sabbath day is supposed to be a glimpse and a foretaste of eternity and what's to come. Mm -hmm. Where I find myself as I listen to these people debate about Mm -hmm. this is one I think it's not even worth arguing about because you need to revisit (laughs) what Sabbath is. Sabbath is a gift. So I I don't have any desire to fight over whether it's commanded or not. I think if you have the ability to take a Sabbath and you're not, you're dumb. (laughs) i say that very strongly that is is strong that That is very strong strong i say it's it's wrong and it's stupid yeah because when you look around what's happening in the world right now everyone's anxious and burned out and tired and god is essentially going i love you you weren't built to go this fast Mm -hmm. and to bear this much weight so i'm going to invite you into something better i'm Mm going to give you this free gift and the free gift is sabbath where Mm -hmm. you worship god you rest You enjoy God, enjoy other people. So again, just clarifying what I'm saying, if you have the ability to do this right Mm -hmm. now, take some time, whether it's two hours, four hours, or 24 hours a week, and you're not doing it, like you're completely missing it. So I'd like to entice you into a better way of saying, hey, maybe the Holy Spirit can work in your heart right now Mm -hmm. and show you, hey, God's got something for you that's better. When you look at what's happening in the world, we need to slow down. Mm -hmm. We need to rest. Like the sermon on last Sunday when I preached, it's like swimming, we try to actively right. live life underwater, and when we're about to break, we pop up and <gasps> take a breath, only to enter back mm-hmm. into the madness underneath the water, where God's saying, no, you got to swim, and it's one stroke, two stroke, three stroke breath, one stroke, two stroke, three stroke breath, and when you do that, mm-hmm. you're able to go forever, and even more importantly than you just resting and enjoying God right now, this is a picture and a glimpse and a foretaste of what heaven's going to be like, so when people right. think about heaven and go, uh, the Sabbath rest for God's people. We're gonna be floating on clouds, plucking right. harps, singing songs. You're like, no. I mean, whatever it's right. gonna be, it's gonna be awesome because mm-hmm. who doesn't wanna worship God? Like think about the time where you like the spirit was moving in your heart in the room, and you felt the presence of God like so strongly and heavily and clearly. Mm. And and you just met God and it was it was divine, like heaven on earth. Yeah. Just picture that all the time, right. all magnified the time. Yeah. times a billion. <laughs> Okay, so there's mm-hmm. that. Then after that, God's going to say, I want you to enjoy what I created. So you think about your favorite food and you think <laughs> about your favorite drinks and your favorite people and your favorite hobbies. Mm-hmm. And the things that are so life-giving for you, do that all the time mm-hmm. while worshiping God and enjoying God. Like who doesn't want that? Yeah. And so what what's happening here in chapter four
0: yeah.
1: is he's reminding these discouraged Christians mm-hmm. You need to take a rest, and remember the Sabbath rest in the larger framework of the Bible is pointing towards eternity. Yeah. One out of seven days, we should get a taste of what heaven is going to be like. But what happens is every time God offers us a good gift, it seems we're not great stewards with it. So like, yeah. case in point, Genesis 1 and 2, God creates, it's awesome. They're walking in the garden with God in the cool of the day, they in mm-hmm. this relationship, and then... They eat the fruit of the tree. Yeah. Genesis three comes in, mm-hmm. sin wrecks it. Okay. Yeah. So now let's fast forward a bunch of years. You get to the time of Moses. People are enslaved. In Egypt, God says, Pharaoh, let my people go. They escape. Mm-hmm. They get to go out to the promised land after all the plagues and stuff. They're about to enter the land f- flowing with milk and honey. Right. With the most <laughs> large and gorgeous and tasty fruit in the land. Like they're re entering almost another Eden-like place. Mm-hmm. And what do the people do? Right. I'm scared. They're There's giants full. there. Yeah. It's like, do you see what God just did for you in Egypt? Mm-hmm. Who cares how tall they are? God's going to take them out. And the people are like, no, we're not going and they reject this gift again. right? And so for 40 years, instead of being in a land flowing with milk and honey, they are in the desert eating manna, manna. and quail and <laughs> yep. drinking water out of rocks. And you're yeah. like, people, you are completely missing it. God wants you to experience this rest that your soul needs. That's going to give you a glimpse of eternity. And if you can do that again for a couple hours a week or 24 hours a week, if you're able, yeah, good for you. You're, you're enjoying God and stepping into what he's got for you.
0: I think it a little bit uh just another level of that too is it it is like you said worship and enjoyment but it's also trust. Yeah. Like that's when I so I'm I'm looking at verse 3 here. I'll read 2 and 3 of chapter 4. For we have also had the gospel preached to us just as they did but the message they heard has no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God said. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. And so just like you were talking about how people who um, <clears throat> were going to enter Canaan, that demanded faith in God's promise. Mm-hmm. That is literally like the little, like a little ad here on the footnote. Those people had faith in. And so they entered into the promise eventually. And now we look at the ultimate rest that comes from God's eternal work on the cross and raising again and how there is an aspect of faith saying, we've heard this message, the Holy Spirit's working on our hearts, and we believe it. Mm -hmm. And then in that we enter rest because that's the thing about rest is it's also yielding to God saying, I can't do it all. In fact, I'm leaving work undone. And I trust you with it, that it's still going to be there, that you're going to give me the energy, you're going to sustain whatever it is to be able to get back into it. But larger than all of those things, the undone things or the things that I have to do that I haven't done yet. Larger than those things is my faith and my trust in you, God. And so because of that, I'm going to rest. Mm -hmm. And how literally sleep and rest and Sabbath and these kind of things are an active trust in God. Saying, "Yeah." so this is twofold. I do want to speak to the other side of it. Because if you don't, (laughs) this is this kind of, I remember Uncle Pastor Ken talking about this too. If you're not working, if you're not exercising your muscle of faith, faith, then you're not going to want or need rest. And so I feel like that's it's a both and. Like that's why you talked about the 6-day work week and how there's people who have experimented in the 1700s with 10 and people who now are introducing a 4-day work week, but really this is how God ordained the rhythm of creation. And it is to work and to exercise your muscle of faith and it is to rest. Yeah. And how both of them are a gift.
1: And it requires trust. Yeah. That's what like verse 11 10 and 11 it says for anyone mm-hmm. who enters God's rest also rest from their works just as God did from his it's like was God lazy no was right. God weak no God rested we need to rest mm-hmm. therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish from following their example of disobedience and so there's mm-hmm. this connection of salvation being uh, saved by grace through faith mm-hmm. and then trusting God in his promises and who Christ is and what he's done and also the ability to like take a step back and go, God, you're the God of the universe. Yeah. I need to rest. That's how seriously God takes this this concept of rest.
0: Yeah. That's a good one. Because
1: word. what's so interesting is from here it jumps to, to verse twelve. In mm-hmm. Hebrews four twelve is uh, one of those verses that I yeah, think is one tweeted of those, often. Yeah. I feel like it's like tattooable. I feel like I've uh, seen yeah, some I think tattoos we have of seen, it. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: don't you have that tattooed?
1: No. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, (laughs) And if you do, that's cool. It's a good verse. It is. Um, It's popular. But but what what my point is, is that when you read that verse, just let me read it for you. Let's read it. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. So when you read just that verse, right. without the context of like what's happening before and after it, I feel like this is something that should be in Ephesians 6. It is. Like it you're does sound a, like you're that. You're in a spiritual war. Right. Get the armor of God. Suit up. Yes. The sword of the spirit. Living inactive. Fight the principalities, the authorities, the powers of this dark world. Okay, you're take we them get out. it. But dun, it's dun, not. Dun, it's dun.
0: not. It's in Hebrews.
1: And it's on Sabbath. Right. It's about rest. Mm. It's like the scriptures are so sharp. Yep. and clear and soul-penetrating that you need to trust God at his word, believe in him and accept the truth of the gospel, and get a glimpse of that heavenly rest right now. That's the the context for which that verse comes from. Because then it transitions to like, okay, if, if we're going to have to trust God and walk in obedience, unlike Adam and Eve in Genesis when they moved out of their rest— Unlike Joshua and Moses and like their people around them when they were fearful of entering that, that rest in right. in Canaan, like we're gonna have to give an account. It's like he's it goes on to say everything that's uncovered and laid before the eyes of him, whom we must give account.
0: Well, right, because the word of God. Yes. The word of God Yeah. The incarnate Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so that's why there's this connecting point here, folks, where it's not just like, hey, the text but the actual person.
1: Of God, rested. Of God. Right,
0: rested, but how that is like the so that's the connecting point here for me for died, Hebrews 4 is how it's like hey this is what's connecting what's connecting rest and Jesus as the high priest is the word the living mm-hmm. and active word yep. and how Jesus was the incarnate word and how we've got to take this so seriously that we yeah. take it seriously in our active life with how we participate in faith and we take it seriously in our active life and how we rest in faith mm-hmm. and trust
1: and then anyway. the last couple of verses of Hebrews 4 say this therefore since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Then let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Yeah. It's like because of who God is and what Christ has done, he has paved a way for us to have access into the throne room of God as he's interceding for us. His spirit's at work in our hearts and in the church today. And with it, we're called to do what Jesus did, enjoy Jesus, believe in Jesus, and then live a life trusting Mm -hmm. that the way of Jesus is best. And we can confidently talk to God, confidently pray. And just know that no more do you need a high priest to like make sacrifices for you right. or pray for you. You have Jesus. He's the one who is our high priest. He is the one who intercedes for us. He's the one who prays for us. Right. So.
0: That's good. Uh, same thing before we go. I'll say that. Verse 15. Um, sometimes. When you think about high priest, I feel like sometimes we think about there, how there's like a distinction. Well, there was a distinction with like what they would wear, how they would act, how they were the only ones that were able to go into the holy of holies, that kind of stuff. But this is our high priest now. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, like Clark just said, but we have one who has been tempted in every way and yet is without sin. So verse 16 is we approach the throne of grace with confidence, um, that we'll receive mercy and find grace. Uh, when we approach, we approach as our messy self. We approach with the, you know, emotive response that we have. We approach, the, the call is mm-hmm. to approach. That's yep. what the call is. Because Jesus has been tempted in every way. He actually is able to empathize. He does know because of what we talked about in chapter two and how he was fully human. He knows the tendency of flesh Mm. He knows already what we're going through. And so in bringing it to him, we approach with confidence that we're going to find these things because he knows what we're going through. Mm. That's another thing that as Jesus says, high priest is completely on another level that has that, that he is able to call us our own, that, that we are actually children of his Uh, because of the way he relates to us that way, too. And so I was blessed by that.
1: Awesome. Well, hey, friends and family, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you're reading Hebrews yourself and meeting the Lord in it. And uh, we look forward to uh, continuing the sermon series on Sunday. So if you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us for worship. All right. God bless you all, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: The Lord bless you and keep you. not make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.